And I once was in church, I once was connected, but I've gone and I've done and I've been, and I just can't go back there. And that's not truth. That's a lie from the enemy. Or a person says, you know, I don't know how the answer is. I haven't figured it all out, and I can't come to God until I get it all figured out. That's a lie. That's not the truth. You don't have to have it all figured out. You have to have a heart that is willing to respond to him and open up and say, God, show me, teach me, lead me, direct me. Here it comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new life. Good evening, my name is Marco, and this is Pastor Stan Starkey, you... Hey, Marco, like, don't you hate it when they do that? Like, interrupt? You no, know, they, them. Oh, when yes. When they do that. The, All the, the time they're them. doing that, and, they, and, they, and the, they, they, just, are, they just bug me. Who are they, anyway? All of those. Yes. Who are. Well, they, hopefully, are listening to A Word With God. That's, that's what we're and doing right now. Then they won't right do now. that any longer? <laughs> I can't promise that. We, we have a lot Does of that things... that for our spouse, too? I got nothing. Silence. Yeah, shh, let's, yeah, anyway. Move on. We, we, we're going to be discussing a, a few interesting things. We've discussed a lot of things. Like we, talk, we talked about your trash, uh, fishing yes. trips, motorcycle yes. trips, and, and uh, well, today we're going to talk about choice. And I'm looking forward to discussing. You have a choice. I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing things afterwards with you. And is it our choice right now to get moving with the show? Yeah, you have your Bible open to, to the 12th chapter of Luke? I did then and I do now. Great, so let's begin. Luke moves on, he addresses some wrong teaching that was going around in Jesus' day, and, and Jesus had taught about this uh, later on that day. The third thing is that terrible things happening are not an indication that you're on the wrong side. Verse 1 of chapter 13, now on the same occasion, that means the same day, the same encounter, it's, it's like a continuation of this same message. There were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Okay, they're looking at current events. And these guys are saying, you know, like these must be really wicked people because look what happened to them. And Jesus asked two questions uh, to kind of reset their thinking. Because in that day, they thought only bad things happen to bad people. If you were good, God's sign of blessing in your life is that no bad things were coming, if wishing were so, huh? Who has not had bad things happen in their life? He makes this, first, this point here that without help, everyone will share the same fate. Question one. And Jesus said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners, the idea they're being devoted to, sold out to sin, than all other Galileans? Like, did God pick these Galileans because they were the worst ones in the batch and he decided to kill them? Because of their, they suffered this fate, and he gives us the answer in verse 3. I tell you, no. I mean, they're no, not in the least. 
I tell you not in the least. I tell you no, but unless you, and see, he takes it from they to you. That's another teaching technique that Jesus does. He goes from they to you, them to us. I tell you no, but unless you repent. Okay, we're talking about their sin. Let's talk about your sin. It's always nice to talk about sin in the abstract as if it is somebody else's deal. But Jesus says, let's talk about your sin. Unless you repent, you will all likewise, in the same way, everyone equally, perish. It's a metaphor for destruction in hell. That's what Jesus is using there. You will perish, perish as assuredly as they perish physically. That's another teaching thing that Jesus does. He takes the physical and he connects it to a spiritual truth. Just like these guys were killed by Pilate and their blood was used in a sacrifice, just as they died physically, if you don't deal with the sin problem and you don't deal with it now and you don't deal with it in the way that God prescribes for you, you will die spiritually as dead as they are physically question two or on the other hand do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in siloam fell and killed them notice the plural again were worse culprits than all the men who lived in jerusalem did these guys die because they were the most wicked people around he again takes another current event. This tower falls over, kills uh, 18 people. And Jesus says, do you think God killed them on purpose? Was that God dealing with their sin? Answer comes in verse 5. I tell you no. Again, not in the least. But, however, unless you, he goes from they to you again. Don't be concerned about what they're doing. Let's talk about what you are doing specifically today. Unless you repent, you will all likewise in the same way perish. Can you imagine them standing there going, like, what, what's going Like, well, how much time do I have? Can I put this off? Can I deal with this later on? Can I go home and have lunch? Can I think about it? Maybe, you know, there's some things that I want to do on the weekend. And, and, and there's this person I want to see, and uh, they're trying to decide. Jesus knows what's going on in their brain. And he plants it this way, and he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree, verses 6 to 9, which he had planted in his vineyard. And he came and he looked for fruit on it, and he didn't find any. We've got the owner which is a picture of god we've got the vine dresser coming up which is a picture of jesus and he said to the vine vineyard keeper the vine dresser look behold for three years how long was jesus ministry about three three and a half years right in that that range look for three years i have come looking for fruit and this fig tree without without finding any cut it down it's a picture here of jesus's ministry and, and people are responding to miracles they like getting fed and they like they like the healing deal and 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 yet we know that within weeks they're going to be calling out crucify him crucify him we have no king but caesar and the nation as a whole and the leaders of the nation were plotting right now to kill him how do we deal with this guy that's bugging us so much irritating us 
people don't like to hear about sin and how God feels about it. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? It has no profit. It's just taking up space. When they rejected Jesus, that should have been it. This shows us the love and the heart of God and that sin is so offensive to his holiness that he puts up with, he tolerates, he, he closes his eyes and out of love for you and I gives us more time. Here we go. And he said, and he answered and said to him, this is the vine dresser, this is Jesus, let it alone, sir, for this year too, for this time period, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer, and if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. God's giving us more time. That's the one reason that this is called the age of grace. What we deserve. Let's remember our definition of grace. Grace is not getting what we do deserve. Mercy. I'm sorry, grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. That's the whole point behind this deal. God has every right. And yet he chooses to give us time in this age of grace. Well, Luke moves on to show us that uh, God is a God of grace, not rules, verses 10 to 13. Okay, it's been pretty bad news up to here, all right? You might be sitting there thinking, I don't like this message. It really sucks. Some parts of a message, some parts of a story really suck, okay? I am the guy that likes the girl to get the guy. I like them to get married. I like them to live happily every other, ever, uh, ever after. I, I, you know, I, just, I just hate it. You know, there's this one movie we saw a little while ago, and you think they're getting together. You think things are coming together, and they're in the highway, and the guy gets <laughs> smacked by a, by a semi-truck. And I go, I hate this movie. It doesn't end the way I want it to end. You may be feeling like that right now. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. We have a change of location here. We see this woman in need, verse 11. And there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit and she was bent double, like right over, and could not straighten up at all. And Jesus saw her. And we have a healing coming. And he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed. It means to be released from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her. That's why we lay hands as elders. There's other passages. James tell us that you lay on hands, you pray for the sick, anoint with oil. That's why we follow those things. So he lays his hands on her and immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. Okay, there's some really wigged out people in church that Sunday because things didn't go the way they thought it should go. But, however, the synagogue official, indignant, I mean, literally ticked off, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and they were really into rules, okay? Keeping rules and doing things right, and, and checking off the little check marks, I've done this, and I've done... It's, it's like you did something, and there's no check mark for it. You're messing up my system. Why? You can't, be, you can't be, be healing today. It's like the girls. Like girls have a system at home. They do things that they're supposed to be doing. And, and when you get a curveball thrown at you and you go, I doesn't fit my chart. What am I going to do? 
you're a good mom, you'll figure it out really quick. But, but like, this is where the synagogue people were like really into, into keeping these rules. And, and Jesus broke the rules. He's indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and began saying to the crowd, he doesn't talk to Jesus, he talks to the crowd, there are six days in which work should be done. So come during them and get healed. We're not open for business for healing today. You come to church today and you get healed. That's not what was supposed to happen in the service. That wasn't in our order of service. And so like, like if you want that, come some other time. But not on the Sabbath. Okay, like this guy is really... I mean, have everybody that comes and, and kind of cusses out Jesus kind of gets slapped down. And, and, and you think they would have figured out by now that, that when you come against Jesus and you try to make him look foolish, he's way smarter than, the, than you are. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite, you religious pretender. Okay, I'm not sure that's a good church talk, but Jesus did it, so we'll, we'll go with it. You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to work. Like, talk about work, guys. Of course you do work on the Sabbath. You do the very simplest thing. Water your donkey. You water, you water your livestock. You think that's not work? Oh, yeah, but they didn't want to not do that because then their livestock would suffer and it was money in their own pocket. So, of course, we're going to make it. Okay. And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, a daughter of covenant, daughter who's loved as she is whom Satan has bound for 18 long years we find out the one behind this that's Satan should she not have been released from the bond on the Sabbath day like come on guys use your brains here hey Marco what are you doing November 5th a meeting with parents interviews Parent interviews yeah, at school? Yeah, I teach. That's right. After the oh. progress report card. So, like, yeah. are the kids in school that day? No, sir. Well, they can come, but it is a PA day for them. Well, Evangel has something planned very special for that day. And uh, that day we are going to have a great time for kids, and it's going to take place all day long to help parents out who are working and need a place for their kids to go that's safe, fun, where they're going to learn some cool things. And if you have any questions about that day, you can, Marco? You can call the church. The number is 745-8151. Or check it out on the web at evangelcommunity.com. What date was that again? That was November the 5th. See you then. Hey, Marco, is it too early like to be thinking about Christmas? For me, it is. For you it is? Yes. Well, we're already thinking about Christmas at Evangel Community Church, and we just want to let you know ahead of time that there'll be some very special events coming. There'll be a drama. There'll be hopefully a tree lighting ceremony, all kinds of things going on in the month of December. So keep your ears open, your eyes peeled, and watch for what's coming this December at Evangel Community Church. As he said this, all his opponents were being humiliated. They were made to look foolish. The wisdom of the creator of the universe, the passion and the heart of God for the sick, 
for the dying, for those in need. Makes this guy and his rules look ludicrous. And the entire crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things being done by him. Luke finishes this section by giving us Jesus' teaching on what does the kingdom look like? What does it look like to be on God's side? Verses 18 to 22. Well, there's a number of things. The first thing he wants us to know about the kingdom is that the kingdom of God provides protection and shelter. God's into protection. He's into shelter. And uh, so he was saying, this is back to the crowds, these crowds that are just amazed by the healing. And he asked them a question. What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? How do I explain to you what God wants to do in your midst? How do I explain to you how God wants to live in and through your lives every day? That's what he's saying. This is amazing. I love this teaching technique of Jesus. He asks this question. Before, you know, before the hands go up, he answers it. It's like a mustard seed, which a man grew and threw into his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. This small seed that goes into the ground and creates this big bush where, where the birds can, can nest and find shelter and protection. It's like it, it spreads out and it provides a canopy. The second thing he wanted them to know is the kingdom of God is everywhere. He asked, another, he asked the same question again. He said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? How do I explain this better to you? How do I open up the door so you get what's going on? And the answer is, it's like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour. Okay, three pecks of flour, about a bushel. A lot of bread. A bushel of flour will yield about 60 pound and a half loaves, somewhere in that, that range. He's saying here there's no one beyond the reach of the kingdom of God. The world is the flour, and the leaven is, is the, king, the message of the gospel, is the, the, the call of the kingdom, and it will work its way through, and it doesn't matter where you are or who you are or where you've been or what's going on in your life. And I, I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, well, I really can't call out to God. I mean, I once was in church, I once was connected, but I've gone and I've done and I've been, and I just can't go back there. And that's not truth. That's a lie from the enemy. Or a person says, you know, I don't know how the answer is. I haven't figured it all out, and I can't come to God until I get it all figured out. That's a lie. That's not the truth. You don't have to have it all figured out. You have to have a heart that is willing to respond to him and open up and say, God, show me, teach me, lead me, direct me. Verse 22, and he was passing through from one city and village to another teaching and proclaiming on his way to Jerusalem. Luke keeps reminding us of the destination. The cross is what keeps coming up week after week after week. This is all happening in a very short period of time, and it all is on the journey to the cross. Well, choosing sides. It's choices. And the whole point of this message, the whole point of this section of Scripture, is that Jesus wants to get your attention. He wants you to pick up some things here. That Jesus' mission was to bring about the cleansing of a sinful world. The way is complete. It's just not, it's not finished yet. It's not totally triggered yet. 
and uh, it's in our sight, but it hasn't come to be. So God has, God has this, this purpose before him of cleansing the world. Is it cleansed yet? Is there sin still going on in the world? Yeah. In Scripture, it's called a, it's called a touchdown, now but not yet. It's set up. It's ready to go. It's like the dominoes. I've never done it, but I've you ever seen those whole rooms of dominoes and they touch just one and all the events begin to trigger and, they, and, and there's rows and rows of these dominoes falling and it's going to one destination and finally the end domino falls. And that's where we're at today. We are in the midst of the dominoes falling now, but not yet. Which is good news because there's still time. Number two, Jesus' mission will end with the destruction. Listen to this. Listen to this. Jesus' mission will end with the destruction of every trace of sin and rebellion against the Father. And if you are in rebellion against God, that includes you. That's the bad news. That's the not good news. That's the we need another answer part. And after your diet, it's too late. The consequences are set. And they won't be changed. No substitutions. Thirdly, Jesus' mission is that you would look at the evidence and choose to settle your case with God today before you get to a heavenly court. Today, he wants to make a difference in your life. Today, he wants to give you a new nature. Today, he wants to mitigate the problem of sin. Will it totally be gone? No, it will not totally be gone. But today, he wants you to begin the path to finding freedom and joy. And the whole part of God loves you so much. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you more. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less. He just plain old loves you and wants to be part of your life. He wants you to settle with God today through repentance. That means turning the other direction. It's a choice that God brings your way and enables you to do. In fact, he is the one that allows it. So today is the day to begin discerning the times. Today is the day to say yes to Jesus. Today is the day to choose. Thanks for sharing, Stan, all that that the Lord has, has, has shared in his word. I, I want to ask you about blessings. And, you know, he said back in the day, people thought that if terrible things happen to you, it's because you're on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. I know bad things happen to, to everyone. Right. But Rain they, falls on the just and the unjust. But some people seem to have all the luck, and, and, and they walk <laughs> around with just blessed. So it seems in so many ways, is, 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 is that just luck, or, or is that you know, all coming from God? <laughs> Problem is you don't see everything. You and I only get a slice of a person's life. So, you know, when they're alone at night and, and it's just them and God, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And so it's easy to look at a slice of a person's life and think that it's just amazing. I mean, there's some stuff in the news right now about a guy who is in the military and one part of his life looks squeaky clean and there's another part of his life that's not squeaky clean. And so, 
I think we have to be careful about making those kinds of evaluations. On the other hand, though, God says that there's purpose behind the things that come into our life. Do bad things come from God? According to James, no. But God takes either evil intent by the wicked one or the messes in life that come our way through our own hands, through our own choices, and it says he turns all, he works all things together for the good to those who are called according to his purposes in Christ Jesus. So I can be sure that no matter what's coming my way, God's going to have a purpose and a plan behind it. I'm with you. On the outside, some people look like they kind of got a golden spoon in their hand. That's right. But in reality, I think if we look deeper, we are all born, as scriptures say, we're all born for trouble as the sparks fly upward. That's one of my favorite songs. Thanks. Let's talk about perishing in hell. Uh, apparently, let's not. Okay, I don't well, want to perish. In no, hell. no, 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 no. Of course, because why? Because because you have repented, and that's what the word teaches. That unless you repent, mm-hmm. you, you will perish in hell. It's inevitable. But there's a part of me that seems to think that that one time repentance has taken care of that. But we need to continually repent in our lives for for sin or the things we do. Is is, is that true? I think relationally, we need to be telling God, we need to agree with God. That's another part of repentance is agreeing with God. Okay. And so my position is secure. Heaven is there. I am forgiven. I am a saint, not a sinner. I may sin, but I am secure in my relationship with God. So so here's the deal. I need to say to him, Father, I have done something that I know is offensive to your character. Though I'm forgiven for it, I am sorry. I repent of that behavior, that attitude, that action. Not for hell, not to get out of hell, but for relational restoration. That makes, that makes good sense. Choosing sides while there still is time. Wow, that that, yeah. that it, it it seems like it's desperation. Like it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yet Jesus wants to settle our case with Him, and and that and and that will lead to enjoyment and freedom and joy. How, how amazing does that sound? Especially in times such as these. My daughter said something that she just gave birth on Monday. Oh, congratulations! Thank you, Papa. And the first was a C-section. This is boy number two, and this is the, the first natural delivery. And she said in the beginning of the labor, it's kind of like she thought, oh, this is a 5 out of 10 for pain until the real labor started. And she says that's like a 0.5 out of 10. And she said that, that there's nothing in her life that has made her aware of hell like giving birth to a child. And she said, if, I, uh, if, if that is, trying not to if that is just a little bit of what hell is, I really don't want it. And uh, so that was, uh, I just thought that was kind of a cool thing that she said she came up with. I am very happy that I don't have to experience those five seconds, Stan. Amen. Yes. Now, thank you for spending time with the two of us this evening. If you're considering making a choice, a choice to follow Christ, he doesn't want you to do it alone. And if you're not positive of how to make that decision, why don't you why don't you give us a call? We'd love to chat about things of that nature with you. What's what's our office number, Stan? 519-745-8151. 
And if you would like, we have an amazing little prayer book that goes out called A Daily Word with God. Wow. And we'd love to send that to you. Yeah, we sure we sure would. And, you know, if that phone call isn't what you're looking for, you know, consider coming out and, and, and joining us in person some Sunday. Our worship service begins at 1030 a.m. We're at 112 Spadina Road West, a stone's throw from St. Mary's Hospital. And, uh, and, and I know that most of our listeners have already made that choice to follow Christ. What I'd like to do this week is encourage all of you to give someone else a chance to make that same choice simply by presenting it to them. Trust me, God will do the rest. And remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Life